Anyway, good morning and th thank you again, Jim and musicians. Um, it, it is um, the genius of scripture uh, that uh, the Holy Spirit can take the truth of God and uh, meld it with human experience. And we see that uh, in books like the book of Psalms and in, and in Paul's epistles. And um, the same is true, I think, of hymns. Hymns and um, very often uh, well-written hymns with good music really speak to us uh, as the hymn writer speaks of, of the truth of God and, and of the truth of God as seen through the light of human experience. And as a scaffold sort of for what I'd like to speak about uh, this morning, I'd like to take the hymn which, interestingly enough, is in the eternal destiny part of the praise hymn book, Abide With Me. Um, like to, you'll find that uh, hymn if you want to look at the lyrics. Uh, it's hymn number 478. And I thought I would just share a little bit um, about the author. The author of the hymn is a man called Henry Francis Light, L-Y-T-E. Uh, he was born in Scotland, and um, his father was a ne'er-do-well and abandoned his family when the children were still young. Uh, uh, Henry Light went to school at a place of Portora Royal School in Enniskillen County in Ireland, and uh, he went there, and uh, he was adopted by the headmaster at that school, and uh, so he was uh, effectively an adopted son. His, his mother also died. He was abandoned by his father. And his mother died when he was quite young. And perhaps um, it's this sense of abandonment that he ex experienced early in life that lay in the background for this hymn, Abide With Me. Uh, he went into the uh, Anglican, Anglican clergy, and uh, he had a conversion experience when he was fairly, apparently fairly superficial preacher until he was visiting with a dying, a dying minister who he must have been friends with because he, he's told Light on his deathbed that the, both he, both Light and himself had been mistaken in not taking the epistles of Paul in their plain and literal sense and so light began to study the bible and became a believer and this shines through uh, in his hymns uh, he didn't live a long life he died when he was only 54 uh, his health was never good uh, he worked he was a friend of samuel wilberforce and opposed slavery and and organized a petition to parliament uh, requesting that uh, uh, slavery be abolished in Britain. Uh, and so that's kind of the background of his life. He um, sometimes had as many as 400,000 children uh, under his direction, uh, places where children could go hear the Bible preached and, and uh, things done that would interest young people. And so he was an interesting an interesting man had an interesting life. Abide with me, 
this is a hymn that was written shortly before his death. And I'd just like you to read, the, read you the lyrics uh, before we take a look at some of, the scriptural, uh, some of the scriptural references that I've jotted down in connection with it. It's a beautiful hymn, um, and these are the words. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless will abide with me. Swift to its close ebbs life's little day, pardon me, swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's, earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away, change and decay and all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. I need thy presence every passing hour. What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who, like thyself, my guide and stay can be. Through cloud and sunshine, Lord, abide with me. I fear no foe with thee at hand to bless. Ills have no weight and tears no bitterness. Where is death's sting? Where grave thy victory? I triumph still if thou abide with me. Hold thou thy cross and I if I'm not mistaken, I think in praise, if you're following along, it says, hold thou thy word, but the original says, hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes, shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee in life and death. O Lord, abide with me. Uh, someone once said that life is not uh, for the faint of heart. Uh, and I think that's true. Um, and for my first scriptural reference relating to this hymn, which may or may not have been in Light's mind, is the 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm. The Psalm, 23rd Psalm, is a very personal psalm. Uh, David doesn't start saying the Lord is the shepherd. He says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so we see here uh, David's sense of his need of a shepherd. Uh, I've just been reading through First uh, Samuel and the early part of Second Samuel, and you can see how uh, this psalm would have been informed by David's life experience. He's being pursued by Saul. Uh, this man, Saul, had been called to be king of Israel, but through disobedience had, uh, had lost God's favor. And he was troubled. Uh, 
It says an, an evil spirit from God was sent to trouble him. And I think we have to be careful there when we read that because God is not the author of evil, but sometimes he permits that for his own purposes. So Saul was a troubled man, and he pursued David. And so David often found himself walking in the valley of death. And on one occasion, David said to his friend Jonathan, Saul's son, you know, but a step separates me from life, uh, separates me from death. And so Light, Henry Light in his hymn says, abide with me, the darkness deepens, when other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. And so David felt, as he was pursued by Saul, uh, that other helpers failed, that death was very near. And so he needed God's abiding presence. Then in the second verse, we read, Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's, earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. I think um, light found um, comfort in the thought that God does not change. He's not one thing one day and some, something else the other. We as human beings can be uh, very much uh, at the mercy of our moods, how we feel. God doesn't change. The enduring nature of God in a contrast to our own transitoriness. And when I was mentioning to Warren this morning as he was reading in, in Romans chapter 8, um, that there's that other passage in Romans chapter 8, verses 20, 21, and 22, where we read that the, the world, the universe, the creation is subject to futility. And often life feels that way, doesn't it? It feels futile. I sometimes, uh, when I'm, I, I work out at the Y, and I sometimes tell people, they know, working out can be um, a metaphor for life. You work really hard, but stay in the same place. Um, the, the world is subject to futility. It's subject or in, under bondage to corruption. It labors in pain. And as does the creation, so are we. But God doesn't change. Turn to Psalm 90, please. Psalm 90. We'll just read the first, the first 10 verses or so. This is uh, one of my favorite psalms. It says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting you are God. And Isaiah speaks of God as being the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. And it's, I think, Light wrote this hymn in the light of eternity, looking at human life, uh, turning around, as it were, and looking at human life 
as it's illuminated by the light of eternity. Verse 3, you turn man to destruction and say, Return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past. And like a watch in the night, you carry them away like a flood. They are like asleep in the morning. They are like grass which grows up in the morning. It flourishes and grows up in the evening. It is cut down and withers. For we have been consumed by your anger and by your wrath. We are terrified. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance, for all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our days like a, our years, rather, like a sigh. The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. The first three verses, pardon me, first two verses of the 90th Psalm speaks of the everlasting nature of God. And in the light of that, Moses considers our lives. And I'll be 72 this October, and um, I'm probably long past, past my best before date, but, um, um, but yeah, life, life is transient. In the light of eternity, um, somebody once said, in the light of eternity, the mountains are as ephemeral as the clouds, and so are we. Close swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away, change and decay, and all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. You know, this business of change and decay, I, I was thinking, you know, you, you buy a new car, and it comes from the dealership. It's in, hopefully, in mint condition, we'll say that it is. But the years go by and pretty soon you notice the little dents there. The engine doesn't run as smooth. Little rust spot there. The tires are starting to get bald. Things change in this world. Uh, God changes not. I used to have hair, hard to believe as that might be. Um, I often wonder if I ever bought myself a rug and came in if anyone would recognize me. <laughs> and so, change and decay all around we see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. And again, thinking of Light's uh, life experience, being abandoned by his father, losing his mother and younger brother uh, when he was young, he cherished that sense of God's timelessness of his abiding. Third verse, I need thy presence every passing hour. What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who like thyself, my guide and stay can be through cloud and sunshine? Lord, abide with me. There's that hymn, I need thee every hour. I think that that's true. Some of us are so self-sufficient. I'm self-sufficient sometimes. I really don't need anybody. That's a false sense of self for sure. We need God's presence with us every passing hour. And uh, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 2. We'll read a few verses in there. Hebrews 
this verse, these verses came to me as I was thinking through this hymn, Hebrews chapter 2. And uh, we'll read uh, verses 14 to 18. Here, speaking of the Son of God, maybe we'll preface uh, what I was going to read in, in, in chapter 2 with the opening verses of verse 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And then maybe... Um, Verse 8 of chapter 1, but to the Son, he says, after having spoken of angels, but to the Son, God says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has appointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. You, Lord, in the beginning, and you, Lord, in the beginning, laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They perish, but you remain. They will all grow old like a garment. Like a cloak, you will fold them up, and they will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will not fail. I was thinking, uh, I like to quote C.S. Lewis. I just thought of one here. Speaking of the individual soul, Lewis said that when the galaxies are a fading memory, you will still be with God, speaking of the redeemed. When the galaxies are but a memory, you will still, you will still be with God. Abide with me. But then again, down to verse 14 of chapter 2. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, that's the one we've just been reading of in chapter 1, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage, for indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things he had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. And we are told in the scriptures that temptation is common to us all. Whether it is the allurements of the world or the promptings of the flesh, or perhaps the, the suggestions of Satan, we are all subject to temptation. And the Lord Jesus Christ endured all manner of temptation, yet was without sin. And we sometimes think, so well, you know, he was the son of God, it was, might have been easy for him. Uh, I think probably that the son of God being pure and holy 
innocent, undefiled, separate from sinners, perhaps felt the horror of sin much more than we do. But light could say, what but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who like thyself my guide and stay can be? You know, sometimes we hear people say, you know, uh, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Well, that's a very valid point. Who like thyself my guide and stay can be through cloud and sunshine, Lord, abide with me. Well, our time is starting to go, and um, very quickly, uh, verse 3, pardon me, verse 4, I fear no foe with thee at hand to bless, ills have no weight, and tears no bitterness. Where grave thy victory, I triumph still, if thou abide with me. I think all of us, to a varying degree, fear death. He remains a formidable enemy. And we are increasingly in a world that looks upon death as a release. Doctor-assisted suicide and all that, that kind of thing. But death is an enemy. And the scriptures say the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Quickly over to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Just a few short verses there. 1 Corinthians 15. We'll read from verse 51. I'd love to read the entire chapter. It is one of the great chapters of the Bible, but we won't <laughs> for the sake of time. Uh, verse 51 of 1 Corinthians 15. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law, but... Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where is death sting, writes light? Where grave thy victory? I triumph still. If thou abide with me. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee. In life, in death, O Lord, abide with me. And for our last scripture reference, Luke chapter 23, the story of the thief on the cross. And this, this came to me almost without thinking about it. Um, Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23.
I've lost my reference here. Oh, here we go. As the Lord Jesus Christ is, is hanging on the cross, we'll read from verse 39. Verse 39. As we know, the, the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified with two criminals. Uh, he was in the center. They were each crucified on either side of him. And we read in verse 39, Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing that you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. This thief didn't know the four steps to salvation. He hadn't had a course in theology, hadn't been to Bible school. He was just a thief who had been caught and was being crucified. And yet he recognized in the person of Christ someone to trust in, someone to pray to, actually. He said, what is it? Lord, remember me when you come in to your kingdom. And then we have the Lord's promise. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven morning, heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee in life and death, O Lord. Abide with me. That, I think, it almost summarized the, the thief's request there. Lord, remember me. Remember me. And the thief never had a chance to go to church, never had a chance to give, never had a chance even to be baptized. But he had the Lord's promise. Today, you will be with me in paradise. I trust that would be everyone's portion here this morning, that um, you with light could see life for what it is. It's short. It's ephemeral. Some places it's described as a shadow. And often it's a lot of trouble. But if the Lord God, if the Lord Jesus Christ is abiding with you, then you can see it through to an end. Perhaps in closing, why, not, why don't we sing this hymn? If I could, number 478 in the, in the praise book. Perhaps we'll stand and sing and remain standing for closing prayer. 478. And if there's anyone here this morning who has not yet committed their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, I would, I would say, as Paul says, I would, I would beg you, be reconciled to God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through faith in him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this brief time in your word. We Thank you, our God, that for those who trust you, for those who have committed their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, you have promised your abiding presence. Uh, we think of 
the Lord Jesus speaking in John 10 as he spoke of himself as the good shepherd. And we would just claim our God, the, the promise that the Lord indeed would be our shepherd, that he would help us to resist temptation, that he would, he would help us, our God, in, in this life, in the things that we think, in the things that we say, in the things that we do, your name would be glorified. We pray for any here who have not yet trusted the Lord Jesus as their Savior, that they would do so, and that they would be aware of the Lord's abiding presence in their lives. We think of those who can't be with us, those who struggle with illness or limited by age. We just uh, pray for them and commit them to your care. Pray for your blessing now as we part, for safety through the balance of this day. We just commit ourselves to your care and keeping, O God, and we would say with the hymn writer, abide with us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. <laughs>